0: Work shouldn't feel like a drag, and you shouldn't have to sacrifice your soul for a job you love. Determined to rethink the future of work, she's out of her depth on purpose. With fresh ideas, interviews, and stories from her life on the road, meet Europe's newest digital nomad, Blair Palmer. Hello, and welcome to episode 82 of A Brilliant Gamble. I hope you are really well we are still in england we've decided to stay for a few extra days we have a family member who's not very well and we've just delayed our plans to head over to italy just by a few days so we can be here and um just look after them a bit and make sure they're settled before we head off for another month this is one of the things that i will definitely record a show about in future you know you think you have your plans and you think you have everyone on board um, and, and may you may do, you may have everyone on board, but at some point during that journey, whether it's a physical journey, as in our case, or whether it's a journey of change in any other situation, sometimes you think, actually, I have to make some some changes to our plans, not because I want to change them, but because other people in our family, in our community, whatever it might be, need us to change our plans. And there's a really interesting balance there between compromising on what is important to you and being true to yourself and making change in your life and also staying true to other aspects of your authenticity which might include supporting and comforting and looking after relatives when they're not well. So we'll definitely come back to this how do you get that balance right I can't tell you yet I'm right in the middle of it and I'm not sure that I am getting the balance right so I need to reflect on it a bit more but it's certainly something very real um, a very real challenge as you're thinking about I want to do something for me but I also want to make sure that that is blended with what else is important to me in other words my family my friends my community anyway that's what's happening here but I am so excited about today's interviewee Susan Gaffson is co-founder of Pep and Lekka a vegan food startup specialising in soups and now seeds. But this is relatively new for her. For most of her life, Susan lived in a way that most of us recognise. She excelled at school, she became a lawyer, she balanced a tough career with having kids and certainly from the outside it would have looked like she had it all. But when Susan's son started having mental health problems, she realised she needed to stop and think about her life. In this interview, Susan tells her story. Parts of it will be familiar to you, I'm sure. And it's great to hear how one woman dealt with coming to a major crossroads in her life and what's happened since she made the bold decision to start her own business with her sister-in-law. I hope you'll enjoy it, whether starting your own business is on the cards for you or not. I think huge elements of this story will resonate with you, and I'm sure that you will be inspired to take a bold action of your own after you've listened to Susan. Let's go over to the show. Susan, so great to have you on the show. How are you?
1: Yes, I'm very good, and thanks for having me.
0: I know we're in France as I record this, but you are in the sweltering heat, believe it or not, listeners who aren't from the UK, of the UK. How how are you guys coping over there?
1: Well, it's extraordinary um, because it is sweltering and we're all very hot because our homes don't really cater for this heat and my dog's exhausted and also extremely hot, so... (laughs) It's it's
0: amazing. Of course, this would be the summer that I choose not to be in the UK when the UK is having glorious weather and everyone's wandering around in flip-flops. But listen, I obviously didn't get you on the show to talk to you about the weather. Um, You have this, I suppose it's not unusual in the sense that a lot of people now are deciding at a certain point in their life to Mm. take a A different direction in their in their professional lives and to completely rethink what they do for work and how they earn money and and all of that but uh, your story is so interesting and in a way so so um, accessible that I really wanted to talk to you about how how this all came about so maybe we can backtrack right to the beginning and you can you can paint a picture perhaps of your childhood and what kind of family you grew up in and what the, the values were around education and around work that, that you grew up with.
1: Okay. Um, so I grew up in a traditional Jewish household um, and my father was a strong believer in you had to work hard at, at school um, and he always wanted two boys, but unfortunately, he had two girls. Um, but we still went to very um, strict academic private schools. And it was all about working hard um, rather, rather than about who we are. Um, and I was and my sister, who was four years older, Um, didn't really buy into that. So she did all the bad things. So I did all the very good things. So I always wanted to please my father, which I did by working hard, getting very good grades. Um, And so my father decided that I was going to be a lawyer um, and I should go to the top firms. Um, And so I, I didn't really think about it, which sounds now very strange but they were really different times and I just thought yes I will go to one of the top firms and I didn't really think about how that all fitted in with my traditional Jewish background which was all about women being at home raising children Um, so those two aspects didn't really reconcile Uh, but I still carried on.
0: I mean I think that's quite typical in in a lot of ways it certainly reflects a lot the the lifestyle the upbringing that I had I mean I'm also from a Jewish family but I think that that's a lot of people I knew had this they they had this I mean we you know growing up in the 80s with this expectation that you would um, that you would As a woman you could have it all so you could have the career and that you should have the career and you should aim high for yourself and at the same time you'll also be a mum and you'll do all the things that your mum did even though she didn't necessarily have the high-flying career and I think that there wasn't much of a precedent was there so that we couldn't possibly have known really that it was gonna be very hard to do both of those things equally well
1: yes, I think I think that's right, because I remember you I remember people it was all very much Margaret Thatcher, and she portrayed the fact that you could have everything. And so I started work really thinking that I could and so and didn't really know otherwise. So yes, I think that's really true.
0: So what happened? You went you, you got through your education, you did really well, you went and joined one of the big law firms and, and moved your way up there. And of course at the same time you had family. So how how did you um cope with with both?
1: Um well I didn't really. Um so I was working really hard and I also married my husband who also did the same thing so he was also working very very hard and then and we didn't think about children or how that would fit in Um, and then the early 90s happened and the recession hit so I was working on corporate finance transactions and um, that all started to really dry up And then I thought, well, how about having children? So it wasn't really until the work changed that I actually had time to sit back and to think about having children. And then as soon as we thought about having children, again, it was automatically decided that it would be me that would take a back seat with my career. Um, And I don't remember um, having any discussion with my husband. And so I then had to decide about what I was going to do. And then because my training was corporate finance um, and it was very specialised, the only way that I could combine bringing up children without working 24-7 um, was to, to work part time and to give up real frontline career work.
0: I, I know a lot of people will be listening to this and thinking, "Well, this is this is just the way it was, and maybe even it, it's the way it is." And it and it sounds like at, at no point really did you question, "Is this really what I want?" It wasn't; a, the, these weren't on purpose choices, even though. No. You know, to, to, to anyone looking on, what a great lifestyle. I mean, you had a, a great career and then you got married and you had kids and you were able to work part-time. I mean, a lot of this sounds ideal, but it also sounds like none of it was quite chosen by you.
1: That, that's, that's right. So, I mean, it was all... So then work became very much... Um, somewhere I went to... I can't really explain. I suppose work went from being fun to being something that I did to kind of put our kids through school and give them clothes. And so work before had been fun. um, And the work that I did became tedious. And I just accepted that life was all about compromise. Um, So I felt that I had to do work that was boring and tedious but that was all about compromise yeah at what
0: point did you start to think i don't want to make these compromises or maybe i don't need to anymore
1: oh that's really really hard because i think i think to be honest i carried on because you can all you you can be very busy with you know bringing up kids um working i then um actually worked harder so i worked four days rather than three and i did keep myself very busy with all sorts of things um but i didn't really stop to think about my career um And then my eldest son had mental health difficulties and we had real trauma. And that made me stop and think. And I had to do, um, really think about meditation, about mindfulness, and I had to stop just doing and I really had to think about me, what I wanted. And I realized that I had been slightly codependent and I'd been relying on my kids for so much because I wasn't really satisfied myself. Um, So I suppose that was the real turning point for me. And so when, when my son became better, I thought, right now, I am going to to make changes.
0: Mm. I mean, it, it's um, it's quite a wake up, isn't it? When when you, something happens in the family, and you think, "Wow, we look at the impact of how we're living on on the kids, on my ability to cope." I mean, m- most of us are fine with the compromises that that we've made, and we're kind of we've got used to them, they've happened quite slowly. Um, and sometimes it seems to take something quite dramatic, it's a shame that it does, but it seems to take something quite yeah. dramatic for us to think, oh my gosh, this is not actually sustainable and look how easily I get, I get unstabilized by something that that's happening in our lives.
1: Yes, yes. I mean, I realized that, that, that Actually, making compromises, I hadn't allowed myself to be me, and I was vicariously making myself happy through my children, which wasn't really healthy for them.
0: Yeah, yeah. So what, at that point, you've discovered mindfulness and, and meditation, you've realized that you've got to put yourself much more at the heart of your decisions.
1: What happened then? I'd been working at this big city firm and I had been, um, wor- um, I'd built up this marketing and business d- development group, and that had all, all gone really well. But then the firm decided that they wanted to bring on people with expertise in marketing. Um, and so it was natural that. I decided, and the firm really decided together, that now was the time that I should move on and do something completely different.
0: And, and that's when you decided to, to study business.
1: Yeah, and so, and then because I'd been in the same firm for twenty years, I'd lost all my self confidence. So working in a very, a very big firm with really bright people and not having a central core role really saps away your own personal confidence. Um, so I realized that I really needed to learn skills, but also to build up my own self-confidence. So, yeah. so
0: he you were in this environment, um, not feeling great, and you decided... I I need to get some skills and and what was it about studying business that you thought this is this is actually the right thing for me because at that point you didn't have a business idea did you
1: No I didn't um I thought business because again the law firm training is very specific and so you know you know there's lots of areas that you don't see um because that's done by you know, bankers, accountants. Um, so you don't necessarily, so you, you're kind of seeing things through a very narrow prism. Um, and so there were lots of areas that I felt that I had gaps. And also the course that I chose had personal coaching in. And I'd never had personal coaching before. Um, So I thought this was a really fantastic chance for me to find out who I was.
0: So you were in your 40s at this point, were you?
1: No, I left um, my law firm when I was 50. So I was 50 and I went to business school and I was the oldest by at least 20 years. (laughs) Um, So, and it had all changed, you know, I didn't know how to use a laptop, you know, I couldn't do Excel, I was used to having secretaries, I mean, so the whole thing was a huge shock to me to start with, sitting exams again, um, revising, you know, writing assignments with cross-referencing, which we hadn't ever done before, obviously. So the whole thing was a huge change, but at the same time, very exciting.
0: Was there a moment um, uh, during that transition and, and starting the, the course that you, that you thought, I can't do it? I mean, because it was such a culture change for you and such a different lifestyle, different way of spending your days. Did, did you um, do it?
1: I suppose the corporate finance exam was quite a panic because I've never been great at maths. So that was the real test for me. And that came two months in. So I was very concerned about that. But having done that, and I'm, I'm very driven. So once I've decided to do something... I don't give up, so, which is a good and a bad thing. So I was determined to see it through. And I worked harder than anybody else, which was evident, really, because I came top in my year, which I was amazed about. But I think it was because I worked harder than anybody else. You know, I was so worried about failing and I did everything that I was told. And so... I think I was always determined that, that, that I was going to see it through.
0: A lot of people worry that, um, that you know, particularly if, if what you said about a confidence going after being in one, uh, in one professional environment for such a long time, people worry that, well, will I be able to, are my skills transferable, basically? You know, will, if I start something else basically from scratch, will, I, will anything that I've learned up until this point be valuable? To me and it sounds like for you it very much was so some of the technical knowledge that you developed as a lawyer was less important on that program but the the kind of character skills that you developed you could just employ in a new way
1: yes yes I mean I think you know skills are very transferable so now that I've set up my own food business um, you know, I don't have relationships with clients, but I've got relationships with buyers, and so and so you can transfer skills, yeah, from yeah. one thing to another, even if it's completely different.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's very reassuring for people that you don't you're not just closing off a door. I mean, by, by the time you're in your forties or fifties. Or you know, you've learned so much through life that the idea that you won't be able to use any of that is, I mean, of course you will. It just it just might not feel like, it Might you might not know how you're gonna use it, but of course, of course you will.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah, so, so skills are easily transferable, which you wouldn't think. Um, and it's the soft skills, I think, that, that really matter rather than just technical skills um because technical skills you you can always buy but soft skills are the skills that you learn when you're working and and life generally um and it's about getting on with people you know yeah
0: what, great, what a great a, a tip, actually, that, you know, when you stand there at this crossroads wondering what's next, the, the temptation is to look at the technical skills that you have and say, OK, how could I use these to maybe become a consultant or to start my own business doing what I did before, but doing it for myself. Um, and, and that often is the avenue that you look at. Whereas I think from what you're saying, you could look at it a completely different way and say, forget about the technical skills that I have. What are the, the personal skills, the soft skills, in, if you like, that I've developed? And, and I could take those anywhere. Where do I want to take them? And, and in your case, you, as we've already said, you started the, the business course not without a business idea, but, but you came up with, with one there that now you've turned into a, into a business that had nothing to do with your legal expertise.
1: No, I mean it was quite funny because when I started the course, um, you know, they they asked us on the first day, you know, who wants to set up their own business, and I I was one of the only people that didn't put up their hand because I I thought how could I possibly do that, um, you know, but 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 by the end of the course, I gained sufficient confidence um, to find out who I was and and my passions that but I did so um yeah so I think if you're passionate about something then I think you should follow that
0: so let's talk about that so again it was it was you were looking for a business idea and I I think when we've talked about this before you said um, that you were looking for where is there a a problem that nobody has yet quite resolved And, and there was one very close to home wasn't there for you?
1: Yes so my son became vegan and I didn't know what vegan was. I had no idea that you couldn't eat honey. I had had no idea. I had no idea
0: about that either.
1: No, I had no no idea that you could. I had no idea that dried eggs were in places that you wouldn't think that dried eggs were. Um, I went out searching for vegan food for him. And so much of the vegan food was, was processed. Um, and was not um, healthy at all. And actually, Henry became quite ill becoming vegan, which seems strange because you think, oh, vegan, plant-based food, really healthy. Um, But it is surprising about how many people put on weight and become unhealthy um, because there's a lot of vegan processed food. You know, you can live off chicken nuggets, and pizzas and chocolate and, and pasta because actually following a vegan diet um, healthily requires quite a bit of hard work with cutting and chopping vegetables <laughs> um, and also really thinking about what's in food and what combinations work and also, because Henry was vegan and I wanted to check whether food was vegan, it was the first time I read what was actually in food. Um, I was one of those typical consumers that rush around supermarkets that think if something looks healthy, it must be healthy. And then I looked at things that I thought were supposedly healthy and I turned them over and found out they were loaded with sugars and fats and, and, and things that I didn't know what they were. Um, and I thought there's a real gap here for a food that's vegan and healthy, and also food that, that actually purports to be healthy and is, that is honest and transparent.
0: Yeah. I love that it was that it was something so personal to you, and that you um, it was a real issue that you had and I totally resonate with that i mean we We are mainly vegetarian, not vegan, but we 're mainly vegetarian, my daughter and I, and it can be very easy to slip into a habit of eating a lot of pasta and pesto and and the problem with that is that there's no goodness in that at all <laughs> I mean it, it it has basically no nutritional value mm. so I, I, can, I can completely understand that and I think a lot of people can so so you had this idea but it wasn't you wouldn't have done it on your own would you it, it was you you went into business with your sister-in-law
1: yeah I mean I think I think that even though I built up the self-confidence and I'd got over the real fear of starting something Um, I don't think I could have ever done it completely by myself Um, I think for several reasons first of all I like to talk things through with people I'm used to working with people and so I didn't want to be completely solitary Um, but also I recognized my own skill set and I'm kind of not very practical and so I needed somebody that was more practical than me more creative um, and also someone that was a fantastic cook and Juliet fitted all those boxes so yeah so I phoned her up She she's a, tri- a trained psychotherapist um, and she'd been doing that for some time And to my surprise, she said, yes. So, yeah. So that was really exciting. I thought I would have to persuade her, but I didn't. She just jumped at it. So that was fantastic.
0: The universe works in mysterious ways, doesn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Just as you were ready, she was ready too.
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly. So I think she'd been going through the same thing. So Juliet's fantastic. She brought up four kids by herself, really. Um, and she was also going through this, this same thought process because her kids were growing up and she just wanted to be doing something else herself. What does
0: it feel like now to be, to be doing it for work, something that truly feels like it's yours and truly feels like it's a, it's a reflection of who you are and what matters to you?
1: Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, it's just life changing. I mean, is the only way that I can really describe it. So to be actually able to do something that you love, to create something from scratch, to build something up. Um, I'm not saying that it's all easy because it isn't. It's really hard work and there's ups and there's downs, but you're not doing anything because somebody's forcing you. Um, you've got freedom um, you have to work really hard, but you can choose to a certain extent when that comes, so I've got time for walking the dog running and spinning and yoga, and you know, and I can do that. And I don't have to stand on a crowded northern line train when it's 30 degrees going to a job where I don't feel satisfied. I don't feel that people respect me sufficiently. And so, you know, to have created something myself is, you know, just feels fantastic. And I feel so much younger than i did when i was working which seems strange but i do i feel much younger and i feel life's fun and i'm looking forward i don't look backwards and i don't tick and the days fly by which i think is always a really good sign
0: that's that's uh, very interesting to hear particularly the piece about feeling younger because i i think you can get to a certain point in your in your life where you think Is this it Um, and the closer you get to maybe your 60s the more the the easier it is to think well it's just another 10 years you know 15 years and then and then I'll be retired and I can reap the rewards but I love this idea that actually you said, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. I, and, and of course, life uh, conspired also to, to make that not an option anyway. Um, but that you thought to yourself, no, that, that I am going to, maybe there's another 10, maybe another 15 years of working. And I really want them to be, to not say to myself, is this all there is then?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, you know, I think age is just a number and you know if you eat well you look after yourself you're doing what you enjoy then you know you don't have to feel held back because you're 55 or you know 65 or whatever so so I think I think it's really a state of mind
0: yeah Very clearly. And I mean, I I think, you know, we're not we're not looking at you right now. We're listening to you. But I I think that people can hear in your voice this this kind of youth and energy that you have. I don't think anyone would would listen to you and think, oh, yes, that's it's definitely a woman in her 50s speaking. I think it's it's just in your energy, um, this kind of youthfulness and vibrancy, which maybe I mean, I didn't know you 10 years ago, but maybe it wasn't there 10 years ago
1: no i don't think so because i think if you're doing something that you don't enjoy i think you feel you know quite old and downtrodden and if you don't have confidence um you know you you know i think those things can really make you feel old <laughs> and and particularly if you've been doing the same thing for years and years and years and you're just on automatic pilot then I, you know then i think you're your brain begins to kind of slow down and whereas if you're doing something new and different you're learning you're you're um putting yourself in outside your comfort zone experiencing completely different things every day then your brain is you know becomes sharper and you know you're training it just like any other muscle um, and so I think I, I, you know, so so just opening yourself up to new things, new opportunities, go outside your comfort zone, and you will just feel completely different.
0: Do I mean I know that the business is all about food and about health and and good ingredients and all of that. I'm assuming that you've also taken that on board in the way that you eat and the way that you, you as a family eat.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, me, we've changed how we eat. And so yes, because I've really found, I mean, I'm not an expert by any means, um, but I have found personally that changing my diet, cutting out dairy, cutting out gluten, cutting out meat, has made a huge difference Um, and I yeah and so and um, for instance my my husband used to have terrible skin really bad eczema he cut out dairy all completely cleared up so I think I, I think these these things do have a huge impact I'm not saying that I'm perfect and I eat perfectly all the time But I do know that we're like cars and what we put in (laughs) makes a huge difference to what we can give out. So um, I do try to eat well. I mean, I have our soup, our um, fresh, pure soup every day for lunch and that sustains me. Um, And I have our snacks, every day um for the afternoon and i know that if i live off my soup and snacks i'm you know healthy i'm getting all the nutrients and i don't put on weight and i feel healthy i feel good i mean i don't eat perfectly as i said all the time but i think life isn't perfect and everybody just does their best um and what we're trying to do is we're not trying to say you know everybody has to eat perfectly and we're all going to be perfect Instagram people Um, but what we're saying is that we're trying to make things simple for you so you can pick up a soup you can pick up a snack and you know that it's going to be healthy nutritious and even if that's just the one thing that you do you know that you've made a contribution for your own health and we just want to make it simple for people because actually you know to eat healthily is really hard work so you know to make a fantastic soup you know and chop up seven different kinds of vegetables and cook the lentils and soak the nuts and it takes time and you know not all of us have that so we just want to make things easier for people.
0: I mean, we've barely, uh, barely talked about Pep and liquor. I mean, we, we talked about how you got there, but we haven't really talked about, about the, how the business is doing. And I know that you, know, you, you guys are getting some, some great traction with the business and, um, and it's becoming more and more possible for people to access your, your products. What, what's, what's next for the business? What's next for the brand?
1: Well, we well so we launched uh, this week these seed snacks, which we're thrilled about because they've already been shortlisted for um best organic product, best healthy savory snack. So we're very excited about that because they're five seeds um bound together with apple and, and there's no sugar or oil. Um, but they give that snap. Um, So we're very excited about these seed snacks and we've now given them to several shops and are are just waiting to hear back. So fingers crossed. Um, So I suppose that's the most exciting thing because up until now, we've all all been soup. So um, we've just been a pure soup company. So launching into snacks, that's, yeah. Uh, a whole different area for us
0: and just while we're on the vegan thing (laughs) because it seems like such a growing trend Uh, you know so many people that i know are either entirely vegan or they have vegan days or they're just trying to have a more plant-based approach to to their food what do you think is driving that?
1: Um, I think it's a combination of factors. So you've got um, people that obviously care about animals and the planet. And I think, you know, evidence is such that a vegan diet, um, you know, clearly it's not sustainable for us all to carry on eating the way we have been. And then so... So that's one part of it. And also you've got all the celebrities all becoming vegan and promoting veganism. So so that persuades quite a few people that it's the really cool, trendy thing. Um, and then on the other side of that, you've got the health reasons. So as I said, I gave up dairy and meat for health reasons and you do feel better for it. I think you've got two sides of it and I think they're very very different. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean I certainly it's the it, it's the combination isn't it of the environmental impact of of meat farming the the health and the kind of as a result of people like you having brands like pep and lekker the the accessibility now of of those products it just means it's not as hard as it used to be even just the number of vegan restaurants around the place is just making it a little bit more accessible
1: for people no definitely i mean you know since i first started you know we've only been trading 18 months and you know there's new vegan brands every week and there's new products in store every week um and in in fact it it's a real challenge now because there's so many brands now bringing out fantastic healthy plant-based food um so um which is becoming i mean you must find it fantastic now being vegetarian because there's so many choices
0: absolutely i mean I, I i became a vegetarian when i say we're mainly vegetarian we eat a bit of fish we don't eat any other meat um but when i became a vegetarian i was 14 years old so that was you know in the mid 80s and i was okay because my mum is a good cook and we lived on a small holding we had access to a lot of vegetables healthy things to eat but um if i ever went anywhere for a meal uh, up to a restaurant or to a, a friend's house or there was a big family meal that was being cooked by some other part of the family I would end up with a a very dry um yeah. baked um sort of veggie burger thing uh, that that uh made out of that I kind of a TVP mince or something. It was called was so awful, and yeah, 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 This is what I'm getting. <laughs> Everyone else is getting this gorgeous meat.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I remember going to this function yeah. last week, and I ordered vegetarian, and everybody else ordered ordered meat. The chicken came, was like partly cooked, and everybody was, was kind of saying, Oh, this is horrible. And everyone was saying, Oh, your vegetarian looks delicious. <laughs> and I thought, Oh my God, you know, how things have changed. Yeah. You know, that, 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 you know, all these meat eaters were wishing they'd ordered vegetarian. I yeah. mean, you know, that's the real turnaround that actually, you know, that caterers are focusing as much on the vegetarian dish as they are on all the other dishes, you know, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah. And and like you say, it, in the next five years, uh, the vegan thing, I, I think, is just really going to be so so commonplace that that you're not going to be, um, it, it's just not going to be so hard. Of course, it's going to make it more challenging for you and your business
1: because the, the market you know, is more crowded absolutely absolutely you know but you know I think I think to be honest Blair I think everything's hard these days and I think you know if somebody thinks they've got a silver bullet um, then I wish them good luck but I think everything now is very competitive and you know hard so I don't think there's any I don't I don't think there's many easy routes now no, to be it, successful it, it, and, and I
0: it's hard to find a, a market where you're the only one in that market yeah. for any length of time. And I think that in a way, what that, what that forces is rather than seeing others coming onto the market as competition, what you see it as, as is, well, it's driving a trend which then grows the market. Exactly. Um, and as long as you stay true to your values... Um, and and you put the customer at, at the heart, you know, of, of what you're doing. And in your case, the, the quality of the food, um, then you know, you can only benefit from more and more people being in that market.
1: Exactly, because the fact that supermarkets now have aisles, you know, with with you know, gluten free and vegan and uh, and vegetarian, you know, means there's more chances to get into that supermarket. So. Um, and 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 also I think what's really challenging is if you're trying to do something new and different and you're the only person doing it, you need resources behind you. <laughs> so it's much better that it's ground well trodden <laughs> yes. and there's other people doing it. Because being the only person, you know, obviously can offer a fantastic opportunity, but at the same time in order to persuade people that this is what they want when you're the only person doing it is very challenging
0: yeah yeah so let's say someone's listening to this and they they've thought to themselves okay firstly the fact that i'm approaching 50 or in my 50s is no reason not to go for a a big life change they're thinking that and they're also thinking why don't we have a a vegan meal this week <laughs> where where might they where might they start with that what's something that that you can put together um relatively easily to dip your toe in the vegan in the vegan
1: pond lentil burgers um are always a very simple option because lentils are fantastic they're high in fiber and protein and all sorts of goodness so Lentils are really easy and also cooking them is very easy. Um, So, yeah, so, and there are a gazillion recipes that you'll find for lentil burgers. But basically, all that you need to do is you need to get some olive oil, um, you know, garlic and onions, and you cook your lentils and you bind them all together. And you can add mozzah meal because that's what I do because I'm Jewish and have grown up with mozzah meal. But otherwise, otherwise you can always try breadcrumbs. And, you know, you can also add other little things. You can add peppers. Lentil burgers are a really good staple. Um, Very quick to make, very easy. And as I say, there's a gazillion recipes you can find.
0: That's great. Susan, thank you so much. I, I think that you've inspired a lot of people in a lot of different ways um, to, to, to follow more of who they are and what they want, no matter what stage they're in in their life. It's, it's never too late. It's never too soon. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been fantastic talking to you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you very, very much. And if I've inspired just one person to follow their dream and passion, then that will be fantastic. So thank you very, very much.
0: I'm really fascinated by this growth in veganism. I never thought it would happen. I mean, I know a lot of people who become vegetarians. I'm mainly one myself. I never say I'm a vegetarian. I always say I'm mainly vegetarian. Uh but, but I'm really fascinated by the growth in veganism and what's driving that. And um yeah, quite interesting. Ivy and I often eat in vegan restaurants when we're travelling. The food is always exceptional. So it's great to talk to someone who's been part of that growth and is going to be part of that growth in future. And I also really enjoyed bringing this story to you. The growth in the number of people starting their own business is phenomenal, particularly people making that decision in middle age. So if there's anything holding you back for considering this from... So if there's anything holding you back from considering that for yourself... I hope you were inspired by Susan. You can find out more about Pep and Lekka at pepandlecker.com. All the information is in our show notes, so check that out. And please do stay in touch with us. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Brilliant Gamble and check out our website www.abrilliantgamble.com. And with information about all of that, here is the lovely Ivy Palmer. hear from you. You can get all the episodes of this show plus read the blog and find out more about our travel adventure at www.brilliantgamble.com Sign up to the newsletter and get an advanced notice of classes and programs Mummy is running. Plus you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at brilliantgamble. Finally please leave a review and star rating for this podcast on iTunes. As it helps people find us and take a brilliant gamble of
1: their own.